You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. You know how we are as parents? How do you feel when your children are crying? It does something within you. And now you will do everything you can to heed and hearken under the voice of their cry. What, I'm not, I'm not going to do something about the fact that my child who I love so much is crying? And we're fallen. How much more our Heavenly Father with us as His children? God cares about you. He knows about your imperfections and failures, but He still loves you. No matter how great the crisis or conflict you might be in today, you're never out of His reach. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind us that God is an ever-present help in troubled times. Will you turn to Him for your salvation today? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 39 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 12, he cries out to God and you could just hear the cry. And in the previous Psalm, Psalm 38, you just kind of read past it, but he says something very interesting. He says, I'm sighing all day. You know how it is when you're you're just really groaning and it's kind of a, a sighing. It's like a the heavy hand of God is upon me. And he's crying out to God. And he says, verse 12, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner as all my fathers were. And this is interesting, verse 13, the last verse in the psalm. He says this, Remove your gaze from me, that I may regain strength before I go away and am no more. It's almost, I think about it like when Isaiah uh, would say, you know, take the coals, cleanse my lips, here I am. I think about Peter, when he, he didn't want Jesus to even look at him, just get away from me for I am a sinful man. That's kind of what David is saying here. And that's what David is praying here. Your eyes are like fire. A consuming fire and I've sinned against you. Don't just get away from me. Don't look at me. There's almost a, a sanctified shame as David reflects on the brevity of life in this world being that of a vapor. Psalm 39 is an interesting psalm. Again, I think it provides us, as many of the psalms do, with a much-needed perspective. This, as it relates to how our lives, in light of eternity, because this is what he's framing it in the context of. You know, but my days are nothing before you, O God. You look at me, my days are like a hand breath. That's like the palm of of the hand. It's so short. Life is so short. And when you, when you look at the life of man in this world compared to eternity, 
just a vapor. It vanishes. And David, to his credit, is aware of this, again, giving voice to this, so much so that he keeps his mouth shut and his words few. And again, I think about what his son would write many years later, recorded in the book of Ecclesiastes, about how in Ecclesiastes 5, you are God in heaven. Here am I on earth. As brief as my life is here on earth, let my words be few. And that's kind of what he's echoing here. You, you got to wonder if under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David's son Solomon would reflect on the words that his father David had penned in these Psalms that surely he had before him and was keenly aware of them. Psalm 40, this is to the chief musician, again a Psalm of David. I love this Psalm. Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And he established my steps. In other words, he, he established them like we read before in prior Psalms in a secure place. Kind of has the idea of he secured my steps. I'm, I'm, I'm sound. I'm, I'm solid. I'm not going to slip. I'm not going to fall. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. This kind of has the idea of being a respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. Verse 5, many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. That's an understatement. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. That's true. I think about what we read in the Gospels about how that there would be no way it would be impossible, literally impossible, to record all the things that Jesus did when he was here on earth. The, the voluminous records could not contain them all. And you think about what we do have recorded for us, preserved for us, inspired and written for us, and it's but a fraction if that of all that the Lord did, that is mind-boggling. And that's kind of what David is declaring here, is that it would be impossible to declare them, to speak of them, let alone count them, or recount them. Verse 6, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burn offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, verse 7, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. 
I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart, if you prefer written on the tablets of my heart. I have proclaimed, verse 9, the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord, you yourself know. It's almost like he's saying, as you are my witness, O God, or as we would say, as God is my witness, I will not be silent about all the marvelous and wondrous works that God has done. This is why when we have our prayer meetings, I like to have some time at the beginning for people to share what God's doing in their lives. (laughs) This last prayer meeting was just amazing. Some of the things that God has done and, and is doing. You know, it does a heart good to proclaim, to declare of all the wondrous works that God... And sometimes the one that needs to hear it the most is you, <laughs> is me. I need to recount. I was sharing with my daughter on the way here, you know, that when you go through things younger in life, When you get older in life, you remember that if God could get me through that when I was younger, then certainly he can get me through this now that I'm older. What, he's not going to do it now? Well, we get to a certain point or we have a a certain set of circumstances and God says, you know, you're going to have to figure this one out on your own. (laughs) You know, I got you through that, but you're on your own on this one. It's, It's time for you to buck up, buttercup. He will never leave you or forsake you. Sometimes God, for no other reason other than for us, and by the way, David knew a thing or two about this. When he's before Saul, when this uncircumcised Philistine is blaspheming the name of his God, he's but a teenager. He hears at one time, not okay. They've been hearing it for 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes there to the battlefield sent by his dad, who really wants to know how his three other sons, David's older brothers, are doing in the battlefield. And he hears this uncircumcised Philistine one time blaspheme the name of his God. And he says, that is not okay. And he goes to Saul, and Saul is just flabbergasted and tries to talk him out of it. And what does David do? He says, you don't understand something, king, with all due respect. God has delivered into my hands prior. Let me, let me tell you what God did. Let me declare to you what God did in my life. He delivered a bear and a lion into my hands with my bare hands. And if God could do that for me, this uncircumcised Philistine is not going to be a problem. Let me add him. In other words, he's recounting what God did prior, and it's an encouragement and builds confidence and faith for what God can certainly do in the present and even yet future, because he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, it's like Jeremiah says, you know, um, if you can't handle it when the footmen come, what are you going to do when the horsemen come? So sometimes God will get you through when the horsemen come, and then now, yet future, here comes the footman, and you're like, no problem. Because this is what God did in my life before. 
And God can certainly do this now. So he says, verse 10, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. In other words, Lord, I'm not going to hide my light under a bushel. I'm going to let my light shine for all to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 12, for innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. It's, it's like this idea of he's just hanging his head down. I can't even look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. This for me personally is a non-issue. Just thought I'd mention that. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, please, Lord, uh, do this and don't take too long. Don't delay, Lord. (laughs) Will you please do this for me, Lord? Don't don't delay. Do it quickly. There's nothing wrong with praying that. I mean, God's the God of time. He's going to do it in his way and in his time and for his glory. So he says, deliver me, O Lord, make haste to help me. And then he turns his attention to those that are against him, his enemies. He says, let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion. That's what God does sometimes. Throughout the history of the Israelites, he will turn the enemies into chaos and confusion, and they end up killing each other. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Verse 15, let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. (laughs) Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But, verse 17, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. And he says it again, do not delay, oh my God. So Psalm 40, some commentators suggest, goes with and is really the answer to and a continuation of Psalm 39. And this in the sense that David is glorifying and magnifying the Lord for hearkening under the voice of his cry. When you read Psalm 39, you realize that David's situation is dire. Yet here in the beginning of this psalm, God, as only he can, delivers David out of the mire. And here again, Psalm 40 can serve as a reminder of the depths of despair 
from which God has delivered us and continues to do so throughout our Christian lives. I know it might seem simplistic. I hope it doesn't. But God hearkens unto the voice of our cry. Here's how I like to think about it. And I like to illustrate it. You know how we are as parents? How do you feel when your children are crying? It does something within you. And now you will do everything you can to heed and hearken unto the voice of their cry. What, I'm not, I'm not going to do something about the fact that my child who I love so much is crying? And we're fallen. How much more our Heavenly Father with us as His children when we cry? I think it does something to the heart of God. And never think for a moment that God's hand doesn't move quickly and mightily on behalf of His own when they cry out to him. Well, Psalm 41, this is where I want us to spend the remainder of our time. For in it there is a powerful and profound lesson that I want to draw our attention to. It's to the chief musician. It's a Psalm of David. Verse 1. Blessed is he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord, verse 2, will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. That's an, a comforting and encouraging and reassuring truth, isn't it? The Lord, verse 3, will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed, I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Verse 5, my enemies speak evil of me. When will he die <laughs> and his name perish? You know what's bad when people want you to die? You, you got to wonder too, you know, when they pray, Lord, just take them home. That's pretty bad. Verse 6, and if he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me, verse 7, whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up. No more. Talk about kicking a man when he's down. And then knowing it. This is that piling on effect. Then verse 9 is what I really want us to hang on to. Because this is what I want to come back to. He's going to refer to somebody in his life that was very close to him. He refers to him, verse 9, even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be merciful to me. 
and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. In other words, Lord, I know I'm on the right side of this. And he says that. Verse 12, as for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Verse 13, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to get to Psalm 41 is because of this truth that is woven into the fabric of this most interesting psalm. It's not really easily seen at first read. And by the way, when we get to Psalm 55, we'll see this again. Obviously, this was a very hurtful uh, experience and time for David in referring to someone who was very close to him, really his former right-hand man by the name of Ahithophel. It was said of Ahithophel, who was David's chief advisor, that when he spoke, it was as the oracles of God, meaning that when he spoke, it was like the words that he spoke were the words from God himself. This was David's most trusted advisor, Ahithophel. This was the familiar friend who broke bread with him. And here in America in 2018, we really don't understand the significance of sitting down and breaking bread with somebody. This was in the Middle East, and even to this day, this was a bonding together. And by the way, when we partake together of the communion table, it carries the same idea. It's a common union with the Arab. If you take someone in and you feed them and you eat with them and break bread with them, they are loyal to you until death. That's the culture in that day. Because the thought was, especially in the nomadic culture in the Middle East, that when you take me in and you give me water to drink and food to eat, you save my life. Because I've been wandering there in the desert and I'm thirsty and I'm hungry and you've taken me in and you've fed me and you've given me water to drink. And that bread that's in you is the same bread that's in me. And there's a common union. There's a, there's a bond. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and will continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. 
Find out more about us and get directions at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there, or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.